Hello, this is Cherry Agarwal from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, August 10th and our big story is from four flooded states where at least 100 people have died in rain-related incidents over the past week. These states include Kerala, Karnataka, Maharashtra and Tamil Nadu. Gujarat is also battling heavy rains and has seen at least four deaths so far. As of yesterday night, the Indian Army said that it had rescued about 6000 people and evacuated about 15000 people from flood-hit areas of Kerala, Karnataka, Maharashtra and Tamil Nadu. Over 120 rescue teams have been deployed across 16 districts of the four states. As of this recording, Kerala has reported the highest casualty where rain and flood-related incidents have reportedly killed at least 40 people. A red alert was sounded in seven districts of the state as incessant rain continued over the week. Over 1 lakh locals have been shifted to 998 relief camps across the state. The death toll in Maharashtra stands at 29. Kolhapur and Sangli are two of the state's worst affected districts. More than 2.8 lakh people were displaced across the state's five districts namely Kolhapur, Sangli, Satara, Pune and Solapur. About 1 lakh hectare of crops have been damaged with reported losses of hundreds of crores of rupees. Karnataka has reported over 20 deaths. Mudslides, flash floods and continuous rain have continued to inundate the state. All Konkan railway trains were cancelled due to a landslide near Karwar today. The worst hit district is Kodagu which witnessed 5 deaths yesterday after a house collapsed due to landslides burying a family alive. Five people were reportedly killed in Tamil Nadu where hundreds were evacuated within the last 24 hours. As for Gujarat, the state will continue to receive heavy rainfall over the next 48 hours. Schools and colleges in rain affected districts have been closed off till Monday. According to India Meteorological Department, the prevailing conditions are expected to get better from today, exceptions being Rajasthan and Gujarat. It's been a week and Kashmir has continued making headlines. So far, three separate parties have approached the Supreme Court challenging the abrogation of Jammu and Kashmir's special status under Article 370 of the Indian Constitution. Yesterday, Shakir Shabbir, a Kashmiri lawyer, approached the top court contending the constitutionality of the presidential order. Shabbir's petition states that such an amendment could only be carried out by parliament. According to Shabbir, the presidential order was issued under Article 370, Subclause 1D. This article empowers the president to apply his orders to all other articles, with three exceptions. Article 370 being one of them. Therefore, Shabbir contends that the modification of Article 370 by the way of a presidential order is unconstitutional. Earlier today. Two members of Jammu and Kashmir's National Conference also approached the Supreme Court challenging the president's order that revoked JNK's special status. The party has sought directions from the top court to declare the Jammu and Kashmir Reorganization Act 2019 ratified by President Ramnath Kovind as unconstitutional. The petition was filed by National Conference leaders Muhammad Akbar Lone and Hasnain Masoodi. Both Lok Sabha MPs have stated that the center's move was illegal given the consent of Jammu and Kashmir's legislative assembly was not taken before the scrapping of Article 370. Their petition also challenges the JNK Reorganization Act 2019 which bifurcates the state into union territories of Ladakh and Jammu and Kashmir. 
The third petition was filed on August 6th by advocate ML Sharma. The plea claims that the presidential order was illegal as it was passed without taking the consent from the state assembly. As of this recording reports of protests in Srinagar are emerging. According to Al Jazeera, thousands of people reportedly held demonstrations in Srinagar following afternoon prayers yesterday. The report also stated that security forces fired tear gas and shot live rounds in the air to control the crowd. At least 12 people were injured. The Indian government has played it down and claimed the reports to be fabricated. A spokesperson for the Union Home Ministry said on Twitter, quote, There have been a few stray protests in Srinagar and Baramulla and none involved a crowd of more than 20 people. Unquote. To check these claims and to ensure information isn't suppressed, we need more reporters on the ground. This can only be possible with your support, dear listeners. Do consider subscribing to Newslaundry.com and supporting independent and courageous journalism. On the international front, China has expressed serious concerns about the Indian government's decision and has urged India and Pakistan to resolve the differences bilaterally based on the United Nations Charter and the 1972 Simla Agreement. Russia, however, has supported India's decision to revoke the special status of Jammu and Kashmir and bifurcation of the state into two union territories. Former Finance Minister Arun Jaitley was admitted to the All India Institute of Medical Sciences or AIMS in New Delhi yesterday. Jaitley, who underwent a kidney transplant surgery last year, was admitted to the intensive care unit after he complained of breathlessness and restlessness. AIMS said in a statement that Jaitley was quote-unquote hemodynamically stable. According to NDTV, Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Health Minister Harsh Vardhan visited him in the hospital. Jaitley was the finance minister in the Narendra Modi-led government from 2014 to 2019. He was unable to present the union budget in February earlier this year as he was in the US for treatment. After the Narendra Modi government returned to power in May with an increased mandate, Jaitley reportedly told Modi he will not be a part of the new government. Jaitley said he had been facing some quote-unquote serious health challenges over the last 18 months. A Central Bureau of Investigation court in Lucknow has allowed the agency to conduct narco, brain mapping and fingerprinting tests of the driver and cleaner of the truck that crashed into the Unnao rape complainant's car, critically injuring her. The two accused, driver Ashish Kumar Pal and cleaner Mohan Srivas, have consented to the tests. Special Judicial Magistrate Subrat Pathak also extended the CBI's custody of the two accused till 4pm on August 14th. The court passed its order following an application by CBI Deputy Superintendent of Police Ram Singh. Earlier, a Delhi court had framed charges against Uttar Pradesh MLA Kuldeep Singh Sengar and his accomplice Sashi Singh. Sengar is accused of raping the teenager while Singh allegedly kidnapped her. I recommend you read my colleague Gaurav Sarkar's report on newslaundry.com. Gaurav has been following the case very closely and his recent report notes the arguments revolving around the victim's age before the charges were framed. That's all the news that I have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you Monday. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch 
all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.